A few years ago, the author Brian McLaren wrote a book called Naked Spirituality. And he starts out with a story of a man who stripped off all of his clothes before the bishop and before his parents and before the whole town. And he declared his faith before them all. This happened in the year 1202 in an Italian village. And you might be surprised to learn that this man is one of the most famous and most beloved saints of all time. His name was Giovanni Francesco de Bernadone, and we know him better as St. Francis. And this is a true story, and this was also not the only time that St. Francis got naked in public while being a saint. But you'll have to read McLaren's book or any good St. Francis biography to learn more about that. But the point of talking about nakedness, or of, as McLaren puts it, a naked spirituality, it's not about being rude or inappropriate, but rather it is about shedding away anything that covers our authentic selves. Anything that hides who we really are underneath all the layers that cover us. McLaren says, naked we came into the womb, We came from the womb, and naked we shall depart from this life. But in between, we clothe ourselves in a thousand fascinating ways. If somebody saw you underneath all of your layers, what would they see? What does God see when God looks upon you? In the opening colic that we pray nearly every single Sunday, Sunday, we say these familiar words, Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from you no secrets are hid. And the psalm today goes even further. Lord, you have searched me out and known me. Indeed, there is not a word on my lips, but you, O Lord, know it all together. For you yourself created my inmost parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My body was not hidden from you while I was being made in secret and woven in the depths of the earth. And in the other readings that we hear today, we hear about people who are being seen as they are being called. These are call stories where the word of God calls people into the action that God desires for them for their lives. And calling is an important concept that I think we maybe don't give enough attention to in our lives. I believe everybody has a calling. And in fact, everybody probably has multiple callings. And you need to discern the calling that you hear, the voice that you hear to hear God's voice clearly, and to discern which of the callings upon you are the primary callings for which you need to act. But sometimes we really struggle to hear God's voice, even when it is calling our name like it did for Samuel there in the temple, which I always think is such a humorous passage Samuel hears his name being called by God, and he runs over to Eli because he's sure it's Eli calling his name. 
He doesn't recognize the sound of the voice of God. But fortunately, Eli, being a prophet, teaches him. And then in the Gospel of John, we hear about Nathaniel and Philip as they are called as some of the early disciples to follow Jesus. There is not a lot written about Nathaniel. In fact, Nathaniel doesn't show up in any of the other Gospels, only in the Gospel of John and only one other time besides here. But what we hear about him gives me the feeling that he was a colorful personality. When he first hears Philip tell him about Jesus and invite him to find this person, Jesus, Nathaniel, knowing that he's from Nazareth, says the unforgettable words, could anything good come from Nazareth? But Philip simply encourages him to see Jesus for himself before judging. And Philip says, come and see. And when Jesus sees Nathanael coming toward him, he says to him, Here is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. He had seen him under the fig tree and had already known him. Nathanael, hearing these words, realizes that Jesus really does know him and does see him. And it's such a quick turnaround for him from the words of doubt that he had a moment before, and he declares Jesus right there and then to be the Son of God, the King of Israel. Somehow, Nathanael, hearing those words, has an understanding, and not only is he seen, but he sees. And here's the important part. Jesus sees that Nathanael only partly gets it right. He is amazed by this incredible feat that Jesus has just done, but Jesus says, almost scolding him, you think that that was impressive, that I saw you under the fig tree and that I knew you, you will see greater things than these. As a pastor friend of mine who has just finished a two-year Bible study on the book of John puts it, he says, Jesus is basically saying, I am not a magician. I am light. And the whole gospel continues to come back to this goal and this theme of all that is being done and being said and recorded and shared by the writer of John. It all is so that we may believe. And the thing is, when you believe, you follow. This can only happen in our true and our honest, authentic, uncovered state. The Franciscan friar, Richard Rohr, has written, The goal of all spirituality is to lead the naked person to stand trustfully before the naked God. The important thing is that we come without title, merit, shame, or even demerit, all we can offer to God is who we really are. At this moment in the life of our city, in our region, in the life of our country, we could use a little more unclothing in that sense. I want to ask, what would we see if we could strip away the armor the biases, 
the clouds of hatred, hostility, and deceit that cover our society right now, almost to the point where we can no longer function. Is there still hope, like the hope that Dr. King, who we remember this weekend, had, that we can fight hate not with more hate, but with love, and that God's love could still lead us to what he called the beloved community. It's easy to be down these days, but those words spoken to Nathaniel are really for us. Come and see. For you, tru- for you truly already have been seed, seen. God has seen you and has known you and has loved you and has endowed you to do likewise for others. So follow and believe, because you will see greater things than these. Amen.